Hi, if I could take a moment of your time before we start. If you've enjoyed previous episodes or if you enjoy this episode, if you could subscribe on the platform that you listen to, that would be really helpful. It helps us get more guests and push the podcast forward. Thanks. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theatres, May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well... HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is PlushCare. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the podcast. And with me today, I have J.M. Lippman. Hello. Hey, how are you doing? <laughs> so we, we've only really met today, to be honest. I have you popping up to my house. But um, I was chatting to one of my friends, Jerome, who is a mutual friend. Indeed. And Good I lad. was looking for someone that has been a sort of gentleman race, racer, I guess is a, the way. We have to come up with a better name than gentleman That's racer. That's not, I don't think it's very good. I, I, you know, semi, semi-pro-am is... A Semi-pram. Pro-pram. <laughs> we're prams, maybe. That's probably the better word. Yeah, pram. We're prams. But enthusiastic racing drivers with a bit of experience and, or you've got quite a lot of experience, and I sort of, we had a little chat and I was trying to get you on and stuff like that. And then you brought up this topic and said, oh, you've just started a company that is basically involved in all of these things that we're going to have a little chat about. Yeah, exactly. Sport 21 came about of me meeting a very interesting guy called Manfredi Rivetto at Le Mans a few years ago. I was lucky to race there, which is pretty special. We'll, come, pretty back cool. to the, we'll come back to that in a moment. But we were just chatting and we carried on talking over the years and he kind of semi-managed me over the last two or three years and just got me some great deals and put me in touch with great teams and uh, just through conversations and understanding how the motor industry works, uh, we decided to try and set up an agency that was going to help drivers like myself and who are enthusiastic and want to go racing, but they need advice. And there isn't actually an agency or consultancy anywhere in the world that does that. There are agencies or uh, individuals that look after pro, pro drivers, but there's no one that goes, hey, yeah, you want to start racing? Well, this is what you should do. Or you've been racing for a few years and you want to get out of club racing, but you don't know where to go. You know, we're here to advise that driver where they should go and what they should be doing and where they should be spending the money. And equally, making sure they go to the right team and teams that we know inside out and even that we've actually consulted with as well to make them a better team because motorsport is not a cheap pastime. 
No. It's not like playing football where you can just have a tennis ball and knock it against the wall and develop your skills. Unfortunately, you have to have a car and tires and fuel and a team and a track. It, it, you know, even that starting point is an expensive um, element. So what you've got to do is make sure you're spending your money in a wise way and also getting the support and the service, the customer service, actually is really lacking across most teams, to be quite honest. So that's what we're trying to do. We're, we're tr- trying to actually evaluate Elevate? Everyone's... Elevate. That's the word. <laughs> Everyone's game a bit. And so, look, teams, if you've got drivers here paying hundreds of thousands of pounds, they expect more than, yeah, jump in the seat and let's yeah. go. You know, you... Get changed behind that truck. Well, if you're lucky. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where should I put my helmet? You know, it, it, you know where's, the, where's our physio? Where we, we are basically, if you like, a one-stop shop for teams and drivers to, you know, build relationships. Driving relationships, I believe, is yeah. So I, I, was, I was having before this. I, was, I had a little look at your social media, your Instagram, and stuff like that, and had seen that you you have raced in a whole bunch of different stuff, and I sort of found yeah. that quite interesting. And I was talking to some of the guys, and they were saying, "Yeah, like you specifically go out and try and find good deals to do the most." You know, yeah. well, you're, how? What is your your personal attitude to? going out to racing for a season because you raced quite a lot don't you um yeah 18 races last year that's that's <laughs> which was which is a, a lot bit. that's a lot of uh, races for me i'm always looking for a, a good deal and whether that is a free drive ideally <laughs> yeah and the way motorsport works um international motorsport at least works is there are different classes of driver you from platinum down to bronze yeah and uh, the way most of the series are set up if you're a good bronze you're actually more valuable than a good gold yeah. Uh, because they have to have a good bronze driver. So if you can be, you know, not make any mistakes, turn up and do a good job, then you're in a really good, you know, pound seat, if you like. Okay. So that's what I try to aim for is to be, uh, you know, to have free or very low, low cost drives. <laughs> how, how do you, like, how do you sort of start going about this? Like, did you go, oh, okay, I kind of want to want to race in this series and then break it down or just? I'm winding it way back. Like everyone, everyone must be a race driver or a fighter pilot or 100%. an astronaut, don't they? And there was just an opportunity to go racing back when uh, one of our clients uh, said, "Oh, do you want to come down? We, we're sponsoring some team." Oh, God, this sounds great! I can have a go in the car, and it was something called a Formula Jedi, uh, which then turned into Formula Honda, which was a bike engine single seater, okay. and it was at a sprint track somewhere in the Midlands. I can't mm. remember, and I had a go, and it was just great. I've got to do this. And they said, well, all you have to do is get your license. You can come and race with us in Knock Hill. And I went, yay, let's do it. How difficult can it be? And it poured rain and it was, you can't see a thing. And I survived the first two races. And then I was, you're kind of hooked. It's a, it's a terrible drug, really. You can probably have a lot more fun with other drugs than at a lot cheaper level. But it's addictive. It keeps you coming back. Yeah, and it, and it's, it, it's a challenge. And that's what I love about racing. It's always a, a challenge of driving with team and trying to do your best and actually better than your best pushing yeah. yourself and pushing you, yourself to the limit and, and getting the enjoyment from that. And I think over the years I then went into caterings, which are a great place to start, mm. but race with some pretty awful teams. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the stories I could tell you there, I mean, paying teams insurance and then you'd find out actually they hadn't insured the car. And when the car gets oh, crashed, yeah. you go, Oh, sorry guys, we, we forgot to pay. And, you know, we didn't pay that round. And what about the money I just paid you? And that's quite a good example of what the traps you can fall in as a, an amateur driver because, again, you hand your money over. And, and you, you are an amateur. Service. You don't know what's no. going on. No. And 
sometimes you have to have someone who's not emotionally involved yeah. in that discussion to actually broker the deal and uh, and try and find a solution and ideally not be put in that solution yeah. uh, in situation in the first place. Uh, but yeah, for driving different formulas, I I think back in 2013, I was still doing club racing, dipping in and out, never doing a full series because yeah. didn't have the budget or any sponsors to pay for a full budget. Yeah, yeah. So I do a race here and there, enjoy it, and then not have any more money. To I mean, you're just else. going. Oh, I quite I fancy driving a Caterham more. I fancy driving a Porsche or something like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. I was in Porsche boxes. I you know yeah. bought a Porsche box to a friend of mine who I convinced he should start racing. <laughs> that looks like quite good racing. Yeah, the boxes re- was a really good series. It's actually kind of now finished. I understand okay. it hasn't actually going to happen, but they were good fun cars. You're racing a Porsche. Yeah, it's a great brand, and it was a you know, actually a really difficult car to drive mid-engine really on a knife edge and it was a lot of a lot of fun the racing series in 2013 was really really tight a lot of a lot of really good battles a lot of politics a lot of bs <laughs> but i enjoyed it and i think at the end of that year i started doing some 750 motor club stuff uh, more endurance style racing yeah mostly in the uk everything's sprint racing it's over and done in 20 minutes mm. but i was enjoying the you know, the 50 minute races we had the opportunity to do and then there was a an option to go and do the Silverstone 24 hour. Uh, we're a friend's team in a Toyota GT 86, okay. which they drove to the circuit. Nice. They drove to the circuit. So what, what event was this under? Yeah, uh, that was a Creventic Silverstone 24 hour. And it was a lot of fun. I, I you know, couldn't believe how much fun it was, you know, um, pouring rain, car steaming up and the Toyota being one of the slowest cars there being overtaken by everything. But it was just, so much fun, and we came fourth. And, oh, brilliant! And it was in, in our class, not yeah. overall. And I was just hooked. I was twenty. This is it, endurance racing. I after my first long race, longer than twenty minutes, I, like the first forty-five, I was like, "This is good." Then I went straight to then doing a twenty-four. Obviously, you don't drive twenty-four, but I was like, "This is this is it. This is so much better." Well, it's it's value for your money. You get That's a lot it. more driving. You get time. a lot more driving. It, it's a different discipline. I, I sometimes go back and do short races, and it's quite a different mentality going from a right. I'm going to drive a two hour stint now, and, and effectively you're you're only looking at lap time and fuel consumption and tires, yeah. uh, and that you're not actually racing anybody until the last two hours of a 24 hour race. But in a 30 minute sprint, you're pushing hard. And when I did British GTs last year and the year before that effectively it is a sprint even though it's a only a you know two one hour races it's yeah. still a sprint yeah i was like crikey i'm you've got to work a lot harder you've got here. to be flat out straight away oh yeah there's there's, there's no coasting you're not seven tires at all you are just driving flat out and it was i was like 30 minutes in and go actually this is quite hard work <laughs> i'd forgotten how hard it was to actually drive flat out because you only get the opportunity in qualifying assuming you are qualifying the you know endurance race the 24 hour race but yeah it's, it's nice to get in the car and just go right off you go joe off you go this is when you deliver. Yeah, yeah. And it's it, again, and it's it's more of a team. It's more of a team game because you're driving with three or four different drivers in your car. Sometimes you'll have a, a full pro in the car, and invariably he qualifies. And occasionally you get the opportunity to uh, qualify, which I did. Uh, when was it last time? Portimao, I think it was. And the the number one driver, a guy called Rip Breikers, who I've raced with a lot, amazing driver, super quick, and of course he's always going to go in first. Yeah. Uh, he wasn't available, so they go, Jam, go. It's all good. How many tyres do you want? I was like, really? <laughs> Three sets of tyres, just go for it. And I, I just like, yeah, I was yeah, really happy with that qualifying. Yeah, good times, good times. So you've got, okay, right. 
What's the process? Let's say you go, I've got a budget. Someone wants to get into racing and they can come in. We can pick a few different levels or whatever. Let's just imagine it's myself. Yep. And I come to you guys and say, help me out. I've no idea what I'm doing. I'd like to get good at racing and quick at driving cars. And let's pick, I'm just pick a budget. So say I've got 30 grand. Yep. Which obviously is a lot of money, but in racing, it's, that's not a lot of money. First of all, we've got to evaluate how you are as a driver and where you're going to fit in. And that's a vital part of it. There's no point going, okay, well, for 30K, we can put you into a GT3 and, you know, you know and do a couple of rounds in British GT or a round in British GT or a round in Blampam because you're going to hate it and you're going to get scared out of your life and bullied out the seat. Yeah. You've got to build up to it. So we'd look at what your past history is probably take you out on track and make sure, you know, you're competent and and go, okay, where on the ladder are we going to put you in? What makes sense? Does it make sense looking at GT4? You know, does it make sense looking at uh, another type of sports car series or or, or prototype? You know, yeah. if it's LMP3, you know, there's you know, great opportunities in there. And then probably associating you with a, a very good coach, having a great coach is, is vital and cost-effective because you can never – learn by yourself going around in circles you've got to have someone to tell you right you're breaking too late here you're on the power too early you're turning in too early which actually three of the most common things you're trying to over break you're trying to break too late because you think the long run on the throttle actually you're just not balancing the car for the corner and you're getting on the throttle too early and you're pushing the car wide so you're understeering away from where you should be a lot of it's kind of patience and from that point on, then we go, okay, right, where can we put you and where can you get the best value for your money and the most time? And what do you want to achieve? And most people want to enjoy their time. It's not necessarily yeah. about winning. That is a really good part of it, getting on the podium. It's good byproduct. But if you can get have a great weekend of racing, go, I'd love that. I want to come back to that team because that team knows how to look after you as well. And they put the right process around you, the right engineer as well, and having a driver coach there, for instance, as well, and a decent caterer. You know, yeah. I, I like to eat well. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's part, of, part of the thing. That's all part of the experience, which is mostly lacking. And that's why we, we hope we're going to do uh, good work at Sport 21 for everyone. Yeah, so like if you go into the paddock and you see teams at the bottom, you know, low level all the way up to top level, do you see a lot of the same issues amongst teams? Yeah, you do. To use the word budget racing is, is probably a little strange because you think, oh, this is a bit like Tesco's own brand. But it isn't. Yeah. the cars all cost the same to run. There's a, a mileage count and a, a value on each kilometre it costs. You know, and that will vary from you know, maybe €8 Euros a kilometre to €18 Euros a kilometre. If you're doing 3,000... It's a really funny metric. but like, okay. Yeah, it, it's, that adds up pretty quickly. Yeah. And that's just the wear and tear on the car. That's nothing to do with the actual costs of the car the tires or the fuel or anything you put in it so you can cut corners and teams do and if if you want to go budget racing you need to expect look the car might not make 24 hours yeah you're not going to get all that service but equally it doesn't cost much for the team to tick a few extra boxes and that's why again we're coming in and, and talking to teams going guys if you do this you're going to actually maintain that driver relationship and that's what people want to do what you need is a really good engineer to actually help that driver. Because, again, we're talking about and drivers. 
the only way a driver is going to get better if through instruction, and it, it's just not a common place. And it sounds very bizarre. There isn't a, it's not a common factor to have coaches mm. in Formula One. There are a few guys that have coaches. Valtteri Bottas uses Rob Wilson, who's a, yeah. a great guy, but they won't talk about it. Because it's almost like, well, I know everything. You know, I know everything. Yeah. It's all machinism, but but you need that. And you know why? You know, I would say why Lewis didn't win the championship when Rosberg did because they swapped engineers. And actually, having the right engineer with you is is as important than anything else because that engineer is actually coaching you throughout the race and through testing and through qualifying and telling you where you need to go fast and what you're doing wrong because you cannot absorb all that information by yourself. Yeah. I've found having a driver coach and I've had some good ones and some not good ones. And I'm always sort of still looking for the the ultimate makes an unbelievable difference. Now, over my experience of racing and driving on track and stuff, I've learned more about going fast in terms of breaking it down and how it works and stuff like that. But like you said, like on the day I go out and do a set of laps and come back in and I can't immediately go out again and go straight faster because I don't necessarily know little things. Like, you know what you know, but you also don't know what you don't know. And people point out stuff and they're like, no, you need to go slower. And you're like, what? <laughs> like, no, if you, if you go slower, you'll go, you'll go faster. You're like, what, what are you talking about? Like, like, just get off the brakes or whatever. <laughs> all these things that, that might be car specific or track specific and all of these things. I mean, a car's just very so much i mean every car you get into is different you know front wheel drive mid-engine rear engine they're all different aero non-aero and it just takes time and you you do need somebody to be there and i mean the best scenario is to have a really good teammate you can look at their data and understand what's going on but you still need someone to translate what that actually means in real time having a look at a squiggly line that goes up and down is kind of meaningless and that's actually someone's telling you that squiggly line there is how much time you're losing. Yeah. And you, you haven't got the coast phase mid-corner <laughs> and you're, that's why you're losing all the time down the straight. Nobody expects a AM driver to be as quick as a pro. Those guys you're are doing pro. it five days a week. And you know, actually hats off to them because you know, guys like Adam Christo, good guy, great driver, he's – you know, on the road constantly. He's on doing something every day almost. Yeah. And last year I spent, I think, about five weeks racing every weekend. I was destroyed at the end of it, mm. just the traveling back and forth. It, yeah. it wasn't actually that much fun. It was hard work. And it is, you know, I always approach it more as a job anyway. I always want to do my best, uh, wh- you know, whatever level I'm racing. So, yeah, you, you can't turn up just half-hearted and you've got to go right. into it. You've got to, you've got to fully commit. Yeah. You've got to be there. Otherwise, why are you? Well, you do see guys. You do see guys with you know a, a big amount of wealth behind them. They just turn up, and I've seen it at races where they turn up, they do two or three laps, and they come back in. The team's like, you're supposed to be out there for another two hours. I've had enough. You guys carry on. I've seen it happen, um, which is great for the other drivers because you get a lot of driving you get a time. Lot more driving, yeah. And then you know the next day they go, right, I want to get in the car again. <laughs> yeah, it's a funny. It's a funny sport. It is. It's definitely funny. One of one of my friends who also races radical is a guy called Mark. And his first year, he was he's he's very time poor. Like he doesn't have very much time at all. So he would come in on for only for the Saturday, go straight into qualifying, straight into racing, and then I think after doing two seasons like that, or you know a bunch of races over two years, he realised he was like, "What am I doing? 
if I don't turn up on Friday and do the testing, I'm just not as fast as I, like, it, it's basically impossible to be as fast yeah, as I can't get else. to that edge. You, and you just can't, you just can't get to the edge of, of where your, your own performance is, let yeah. alone anyone else's performance. It's really difficult to get in a car and go quick. I made the mistake last year of flying out to the golf 12 hour and not doing the test. I just couldn't get out yeah. there. It was a last minute JM. We need a driver come out. And I went, okay, well, no problem. You know, don't know the track, how difficult it can be. Yeah. Played it on PlayStation a couple of times. <laughs> Got into a Porsche 991 car, which I know well. First sector, no problem. Second sector, no problem. Third sector, I was just losing a second and a half for that sector the whole time because you jump straight into quality. And I, as you remember that point, I was talking about time critical and, and having, you know, you, people mostly have to juggle, uh, yeah. juggle jobs. I was on the phone dealing with an emergency and the team's going, you got to get in the car now. I go, kind of on the phone, guys, can't. <laughs> and lost, you know, out of 10 minutes, lost five minutes of the oh, qualifying no. anyway. And then, of course, during the race, you can never push to that limit during the race. And I was con- consistently a second, second, yeah. whatever it was, down in that third sector because that was a, it doesn't look like it on TV, but those walls are really close. It's like a street <laughs> circuit. So that's another part. You know, you've got to be looking at, the right scenario as tempting as it is to fly out to the Gulf for next to nothing yeah. and go and drive around the circuit for you sometimes make yourself look less of a driver because you haven't given yourself enough time and we're not pros. We can't just get into that. You can't car just turn up, drive up. on a circuit. You don't know. Second lap within a 10th of like a qualifying time or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, there's certain, listen, there are certain cars, certain tracks you can do it on. You know, if I go, where's out, your stomping ground? Barcelona, probably yeah. like most drivers. Most drivers have probably driven more laps around Barcelona than anywhere else. Uh, Why Barcelona? I, I mean, I have there, you never been to Barcelona? No. Well, it's a, it's a great place, great vibe. It looks great like city, great. Good food, good beach. to Barcelona, great place. <laughs> it's, it's the number one testing circuit in Europe. It's normally always pretty good weather. It's probably one of the best tracks in the world for driving. It has pretty much every corner you expect in it. It's a very good – if you're good quick track. there, you should be quick anywhere in the car. And it's pretty much that people are testing there pretty much every day of the week or racing there. It's it's probably one of the busiest circuits in Europe, I would imagine. So Barcelona is a great track. So at the end of the month, virus allowing, I'm jumping straight into an NEP free car on Friday morning with no mm. testing. And we'll, as it were, there's a test session and then quality in the afternoon and yeah. then a four-hour race on Saturday, I think. So. But that doesn't worry me because I know the track like the back of my hand. Yeah. I'd be more concerned going out to Bahrain or somewhere like that and racing there and doing the same thing. I just wouldn't put myself in that position and wouldn't advise anyone else. Have you driven the what, – so what are you racing this year? I don't really know at the moment. You don't know. Well, I'm busy with Sport 21. I'm definitely doing NEP3 in Barcelona in a few weeks' time, and then we'll see what happens from Have there. Have you driven LMP3 quite a bit? Yeah. Or, or quite, somewhat? Yeah, quite a bit. You know, one of, one of those mistakes, which was a great experience really, was – Again, going back to that bronze thing, being a bronze driver, yeah. a team was desperate for a bronze driver at Silverstone ELMS, which is pretty much one of the high series up in the world. Is you're yeah. racing against guys that are XF1 guys, and you know it's, it's it's proper proper racing. And I you know go, can you drive an MP3? No, but how hard can it be? <laughs> Turns out to be quite hard. <laughs> and that I was thrown straight in. Never driven the car before. Had you driven anything like that? No. I'd never even driven an aero car, never driven a radical. Really? And just, it, and I was just unbelievable. It, it's like flying upside down. <laughs> it, it, you put in 4G under braking. It was unbelievable, but equally the best thing I've ever driven. It's yeah. just amazing car. 
and then going straight into the race with LMP2 cars, which are not, you know, almost as quick as LMP1 and Mons cars and everything else going around you and coming down Hangar Straight at Silverstone and losing it into the uh, Stowe right corner. Yeah, Stowe and spinning you know, multiple times with LMP2 cars going past me at huge rates knots going, yeah, that was fun. But it was great. I, I remember, again, uh, just looking around and, there's a helicopter, um, a TV helicopter, like, you know, yeah. 10 meters above you. And you wow. Go, That's cool. So I don't regret the experience, but I wish I had more time in the car. More time in the car. Because it's such an alien car going from a Porsche or anything to that. It's it's like flying upside down. Yeah. I've, you know, I've, I've driven the Radicals, which is somewhat similar. I don't think they're quite as knife edge. The Radical in, uh, no disrespect to Radicals, is... Uh, hmm. How can I phrase it? It's a toy compared to something like the MP3. Oh, the MP3 it's, is full on. And it's a very difficult car. There's no ABS in it. There's no traction control. And it's a big, powerful V8, Yeah, you know, hammering you down with huge amount of aero. The Radical, when I got into it the first time last year, I was like, wow, this is this, so much fun. It's so easy to drive. But that's, again, it's, it's, it's getting to that level and just going, oh, I can go this quick. Because your brain, part your of your brain, brain doesn't compute. Yeah. You, if it's a bit like you know, if you put your finger into a light socket, you're probably not going to do it twice. Cause yeah. it, but you might get a little bit. You might be, and and racing is pretty much is that. It's having the the skill and the confidence and and the balls to go out that that quick. And actually, the balls is probably the biggest thing between a pro and an am that you know the pro will and, push that. Level. And the balls comes with experience. Yeah. If you've done a thousand laps in a car, you know the car. Yeah. Yeah. If you've done ten. And someone says that corner's flat. You're like, yeah, but... And the lack of balls comes with age. <laughs> because you know how much it hurts and how and expensive cost. it is that, that's when it. you hit something. And that 18-year-old driver who's not paying a penny has never had a big shunt. They're always going to be quicker than you. But that's not the point. I think that goes back to endurance racing is that you don't have to be ultimately quick. You just have to be very consistent and be in the ballpark. Yeah. And, you know, you can have different skills. I'm really good at fuel saving. Okay. Just being able to learn how to do exactly the same lap time as everyone else is doing, but you're saving, you know, 0.1, you know, every couple. What of sort of things end up like? How do you how do you do that? How do you be similar lap time but much more efficient on fuel? Well, I can't tell you that. Oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I tell you, I tell you how it came about is I mentioned uh, Rick Broikert before. Rick's a young Dan- uh, Dutch driver exceptionally good you know one daytona 24 hour twice got two rolexes good times yeah and i raced with him a lot with him and his father in their tcr car yeah and a say at tcr and i just like rick how are you saving that fuel and it's kind of pretty simple really okay you're just gonna keep <laughs> stum I, I mean simple things there's like changing up early well it's not really coasting that and whatever. It, it's just coasting into the braking zone yeah it's just lifting probably 10 meters earlier but you just don't touch the brake. You just, that deceleration yeah. is just happening. And That's the, the standard one I hear about at like Le Mans or whatever. It's yeah. just. Well, you hear it on F1. Coast coast and coast, a bit, and, coast. Yeah. and in, in, in more sophisticated cars like GT3, there's a button that says fuel safe. <laughs> it's, just, <laughs> it's, just an, it's just an engine mode. I've seen car, actually I've seen teams. I won't say which team. They actually put a block of wood on the accelerator. Oh, nice. <laughs> and the team I raced with, I was like, why are we not? Why are we so slow in the straight? Oh, it's because we've got a block of wood and the accelerator. I don't want that. Take yeah. it out. <laughs> I can save fuel by myself. I don't want to be slowed down the whole bloody straight. So, yeah, there's some uh, there's some fun stories. <laughs> I was about the time I got uh, pulled out of a car by police under gunpoint. 
got pulled out of a car by police <laughs> under gunpoint. Yeah. Well, okay, go on. T- talk to me. Yeah, I mean, here's, here's another example of things going quite interestingly wrong. I mean, not that, you know, we, anyone could have seen it coming really, but um, yeah, it was a funny, funny, funny scenario. Paul Ricard, NMP3 race, uh, just about to go out for qualifying and four or five gendarmes turned up heavily armed with uh, guys in suits and they uh, told me to get out of the car. <laughs> when you were in the LMP3 car at the time? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it was, it was a problem with the team and a previous driver. Oh, really? So I, I potentially shouldn't talk him anymore about that. Oh, okay. but it, was, it was a legal action. They seized the cars. Oh, wow. So um, oh, the dear. team did an amazing job. Actually, they managed to secure two other cars and we did get to race. And I had an amazing race, actually. It was a lot of fun. Five or six cars wide down the Mistral Strait, me on the dirt overtaking them all. <laughs> Pretty epic, actually. And then got punted off by the lawyer who was working for the other driver. <laughs> but, um, yeah, that was good. There's, good times. Yeah, they were good Lots times. of good memories. Do you have any, like, what's your, like, craziest memories? So you, actually, so you said you raced at Le Mans. Yeah. What did you race in? I raced the... Obviously, Le Mans 24 Hours is pretty much everyone's dream of racing yeah. sports cars. Um, Weirdly, it's not a track I actually want to drive. Like, it's a great care track. about driving. It's a great track. It's it's the the straight goes on forever. <laughs> it's just a street. It's a street. Yeah, it's a street. I've been there. It's it's amazing. It's you're doing a 180, 190 miles an hour down a you know tree lined <laughs> road. It's <laughs> amazing. I mean, not the. I mean, Nordic Life is the best track in the world, but Le Mans not far off it. Yeah. But every year they actually have support races. So a couple of years ago it was Aston Martin, mm-hmm. and some years it's Porsche. This year I believe it's the Porsche Cup. I just thought, well, you know, in the Aston Martin, there's a good chance of winning this, or winning the class mm. I was in, which was GT4. And I teamed up with Rick Breukers again. We suck it on pole for qualifying, and yeah, the morning on Saturday morning, 10 a.m. You're out there in front of 250, mm. 300,000 people just before the 24-hour race starts and you, you go come into the chicane and, and you go down straight and the lights go turn off and off you go racing. And, yeah, was for, I mean, that was pretty special. The green flag lap was pretty special. Because yeah, you, you cool. had a moment, you had to go, I'm just going to look and just enjoy it because this is amazing. And then you're, you're flat out and trying to win the race and, yeah, it was good fun. We came second. We got punted off, actually. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, that was great. Are some series dirtier than others yeah that, that was something that i i sort of try and look at now and go what's the driving standards like and th- there's almost also like a i would rather they were less professional right drivers racing because i, they, I think you know, from my experience it's actually it, it's probably the and drivers with a lot of funding are probably the worst that, that's got to be the worst um Super pros young, you can yeah pros Pros at the end of the day are being paid there to not crash the car. Yeah. You see it occasionally. They're going to drive hard. They will dive down that gap because that's what they're paid to do. Yeah. They will take the risk, but you've got to see them coming. <laughs> and if you're not quick enough to stay in front of them, then quite you should lift off and let them go past. Yeah. Because you'll lose more time battling with them anyway. Yeah, you definitely see series which are dirtier. I don't think it would be fair for me to comment too much about that but <laughs> the the series i i like racing in and i think are great are series like the creventix 24-hour series it's a very friendly place to be yeah there's some great drivers in there top top pro teams but ultimately i think everybody in that series realizes it's a 24-hour race and generally nothing stupid happens yeah generally nothing stupid happens the you know elms you know le mans cup 
all those series that are, I think, very, very high level drivers. I think probably when you get closer to home in the UK, the level of driving is pretty, like potentially not as good. British GT looks like a bit of a nightmare sometimes. Yeah, I, I think some of the problems with that series and other series is that they, they don't come down hard enough and drivers. Creventic come down very hard and other series, they don't actually care how much money you've yeah. got. They go, that is dangerous driving. You're banned. And it's yeah. simple as that. And they will never ban anyone from British GTs. And they'd never ban anyone from touring cars. Yeah. You know, we all like, you know, Rubbins Racing and all that. But it isn't. It, hey, it, it, Rubbins Racing, when I'm watching it, not when I'm on track. No, no. When you get a little tap from behind at, uh, you know, whatever speed, get hit in a barrier at any speed hurts. Yeah. Yeah, it's not. It's not. It's, it is a non-contact sport. I mean, pushing someone, making it difficult for them to overtake is, is fine. And without doubt, for me, the best best series and the best driving standards that I've raced in is the VLN series at Nordish Life. That looks to me like the most fun, like just the most fun. Uh, it's, it's beyond belief. It, it's uh, again, it's a track. I I just last year I just wanted to do it. Mm. it something I wanted to. Um, Adam Chris Durley said, "Mate, you got to do it. You got to do it. You yeah, gotta, yeah. If you're going to be a real racing driver, you got to do it." I went, okay. And I never had really any interest in it. I never liked one of those guys that wanted to go and drive their car around it. Yeah. And I just went, yeah, right. I want to do it. And it's they go. They've got a really great process over there. It doesn't matter who you are. And I did my course with Martin Brundle. Mm. It wouldn't matter if you're Lewis Hamilton or, or J.M. Lippmann. You still have to go yeah. through the course. You have to do a classroom course, and then you have to go around with an instructor, and you then have to follow them. And then you have to do, I think, sixteen laps before you can even race. Yeah. And people they watch you, and if you're not good enough, they will not let you race. Mm. Simple as that. And then you get in the race, and, and my first, I, well, you know, Nordic life and Nordic life. I haven't raced there yet when it has been pouring rain, and you're you're driving around with no visibility at all on a track you hardly know, and it's there are barriers uh, everywhere, and you're being passed by GT3 cars everywhere. It is unbelievable, and if and you guys, I'm sure you'll mention my Instagram later. There's some onboard videos there. Yeah, we'll put a link to your Instagram. It is. Page. I, you know, I'm buzzing just thinking about it. I, but there is a point I know I went out, I think it was VLN2. What car were you in? Again, you, you have to step up. They won't eat yeah, straight you out. No, you, yeah. I was in a Cayman. Yeah. Uh, not a GT4, but something. Did like you do it with so, Jerome? Thank God, because Jerome keeps crashing. <laughs> <laughs> no, he doesn't care. So I know he did it his first Jerome. Uh, yeah, that's how it's the way I met Jerome. No, I think Jerome, uh, Jerome kept getting penalties. Oh. Can I say that? He's going to yeah, really hate really like. he they're Because they're really strict and it's great. They, if you speed in a coast 60 or a okay, yellow zone, yeah. you get a penalty. And it's not a drive through or 30, it's like a 10 minute penalty. Yeah, it's savage. huge. It's savage. And quite rightly so, because it's, it, it's an incredibly dangerous track to be racing on. I can't believe the Sorry, attitude. Sorry, mate. He didn't <laughs> crash. He's never crashed. I can't believe the attitude to yellow flags and that sort of thing generally in racing full stop. The amount of times I've been on track, in fact, every time I'm on track now, endurance race, whatever, yellow flags, no one slows down. Safety car, you don't slow down. You, you literally do not slow down until you have to slow down. Yeah, I mean, VLN's different. You do slow down. Every car's got GPS on it. Yeah. So if you are not doing 100K in the 100K, is it 100K or 120K? So I can't even remember what it is. 120 They're different, aren't they? Yeah, they're you have different, different zones. What's You have to slow down. And there is a point, if you do not slow down by that line, yeah. you're going to get a penalty. Like speeding in the pit lane or whatever. Yeah, exactly. It's black and white with them, and I think that's exactly how it should be done. They're very clear on what you should be doing as a slow car. You you must indicate if you see the car coming, you must let that car go past. It's really straightforward. 
And that's why I really like the series because I think the driving standard is the best in the world. Yellow flags, I mean, look, on a, a normal 24-hour race, the yellow flag means must be prepared to slow down and stop. It doesn't mean slow down. You don't slow down. And I've been behind safety cars for two or three laps try, driving flat out yeah. trying to catch the cars in front. Yeah. Because actually there's no speed limit. You can still drive flat and out. And they want everyone to bunch up. But... Which is the whole idea. But you still have to drive flat out going past yeah. the scene of the accident at, you know, 280 kilometers an hour. Because you don't... The thing I always do is I always lift my hand up. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> which I remember stirred in Moscow and... I always just put my hand up and I, I remember Mick and Hackenden did it at Monaco and I went, oh, I must remember, that's cool. And I went, oh, yeah, I noticed that. You put your hand up and visually they can see, oh, he put his hand up. But he must be start driving slower. <laughs> but he's not. Listen, there, there are times when you think that's crazy. I think in Barcelona last year there was a huge accident and we were under Code 60. But going Code 60, I means you have to drive at 60 yeah. But 60 kilometers an hour was too quick. Because there were track uh, marshals and okay, so it was just, on the track to sweep like in. And actually, they should have thrown a safety car and bunched everyone up. Yeah. But they just don't like throwing safety cars in that series. And I think that was wrong and told them that because it was dangerous. You were driving in between people at 60 kilometers an hour. Yeah, like dodging people. I mean, that you, you kill them. You'll put them in hospital or something like that. It must be really difficult. I have a lot of respect for the people that handle that stuff and marshals and everyone that works in the safety aspect. It must be really difficult yeah. to deal with all that stuff because let's say it's nighttime in a 24-hour race. People do a lot of stuff they shouldn't do. <laughs> well, cut corners. <laughs> cut corners, like, on the way. Who was I talking to? It was um, oh, it was Adam, actually. I had him on yeah. the podcast. And was it him? It was someone. And it, we were talking. Oh, no, young, no, it was Jerome's brother. brother. It was Jerome's brother. Yeah. <laughs> and um, Very good he was saying... You know, you have your, you're allowed, it's like a certain, you're allowed a certain number of like warnings before you actually get black flagged or whatever. It's like, so on your out lap, you cut the corner, you chop the corners and on your in lap, you chop the corners because like, that's what everyone does and you save like three seconds. So that's just the way. Well, I mean, at night, yeah, you can get away with it, whatever you can get away. I mean, some series are different. Um, some t- series are very hard. I, I hate British racing because I hate the regs over here that Mr. Palmer brought in to protect his grass. And, yeah. it, and I think it, it ruined for racing for me, you know, getting penalties because, you know, you've had to go wide, you know, because they, uh, well, to explain in the UK, you have to have all four wheels on the track wherever yeah. we're at, wherever else. Two. It's two or even one, uh, which sounds weird because it, surely you should be on the track, but, you know, they're a runoff. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with plush care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. To use, there, there are curbs to use, but over in the UK, they... Uh, 
they've got cameras and <laughs> pressure mats and things that take photos it's, of you and it does ruin the races sometimes you you know we're not cheating you just you make a mistake and i think it's i, I think have it's mixed feelings it. about it because i think if you define it it as long it's defined and therefore the racing is within whatever's defined but like you said there are there are times i'd rather than put a brick wall there put a wall there that, that but there are times when you may have to run wide yeah you may have to go around someone on the grass or whatever and as long as it's not ridiculous and you haven't had a massive advantage from doing it, you shouldn't get a penalty. Yeah, it's it's too draconian. I mean, in the twelve hour race, uh, golf twelve hour, on the restart, it's, it's a really fun video. I was in a Porsche nine nine one, which is obviously nowhere near as quick as a GT three cars, and I was very much um, probably three quarters of the way down in the, no, probably quarter of the way up in the pack. Mm. So I had thirty or so GT three cars behind yeah. me. Restart everyone's flying past you. You're trying to go past GT4 cars. And down the back straight, I could see there was one of the Lambo GT3s coming up inside me. And the easiest thing to do was just cut the corner, exactly what I did. Mm. And well, why didn't you get a penalty? Well, I lifted off and didn't gain an advantage. And I didn't cause an accident yeah. because we still had another, you know, four hours of the race to go. And I, I, over in the UK, well, that probably, I probably would never have been allowed to drive again. <laughs> <laughs> would have been. I, yeah, I just, yeah, I, I hate that rule. I hate that rig over here. Sorry. It's, it's, it's For me, it's a good reason. It's actually one of the reasons why I don't race in the UK because it just drives me that nuts. I was also the first person to get penalised when the rules came ah. into <laughs> You feel unfairly punished. <laughs> so you don't race that much in the UK anymore? No, not at all. You choose, you choose to race in other places. And to be honest, the, the weather in the UK is normally awful. Granted, every time I've been to Spa, it rains. Every time you go to somewhere like Nürburgring, that, yeah, that rains. If, I think it's just a bigger... It's a bigger scene, yeah. and the teams I think tend to be more professional. And you know, as much as I like Snetterton, Snetterton or Barcelona, I mean, it's it almost takes the same time to get to Barcelona as it does Snetterton anyway. And you can get a flight to Barcelona for nothing. Yeah, it's, for me that's part of it, and that's part of the enjoyment. Is I I want to go somewhere else. I enjoy that element of going to a big track and walking into a big F1 paddock like yeah. Barca or like Paul Ricard or, or Monza. It, it's, it feels a little bit more special than going to brands, which, you know, again, yeah, or Cadwell Park or someone like well, that. You, I wouldn't go to Cadwell Park <laughs> if you pay me. It's, it's just a different level. And I, I think, you know, it is club racing at the end of the day and club racing is great, but it's not where I wanted to be. I wanted yeah. to be out racing on big circuits with big teams and basically being a bigger, not the small pond, which is, British club yeah. racing, which is great. I wanted to be challenged and have my ass kicked at a higher level. <laughs> yeah, you want to go and race against the best people. Yeah. And obviously there are some very good series in the UK, but then also there's lots of these opportunities. Like you said, going to, you know, you fly into somewhere like Monza or whatever, Barcelona. There are all these big name circuits that you've heard of, people have heard of. If you said I did a race at like Knock Hill or something, like what are you <laughs> which, which I did, about? and it was it's great. I mean, not many people probably have raced at Knock Hill, but it's a crazy circuit, and that rains all the time there. Yeah, I'm not knocking British racing at all because you no, know, we, we've got a great it. scene and loads of great tracks. Yeah. But I totally get why it's if you're more, not going to do if you're going to do certain things and you're going to cherry pick them, you might as well go to the cool places. It's more an event. I think that's it. Yeah. It's more an event. Getting on a plane, going somewhere warm, hopefully. And walking into one of those great paddocks that, you know, and to be quite honest, you know, Silverstone is not a great paddock compared to Barcelona or Paul Ricard. There, it's maybe because we've been there so much, it's not as special. It's just like an airfield as well. It is an airfield, and actually, it's funny thing. Actually, most of the tracks here in the UK are airfields. 
I don't think any of the treks that, that I can think of in Europe are airfields. I think maybe that's part of it. That's it's the history. But you know, listen, without British racing, there'd be no motorsport anyway. So yeah, like all, so many teams <laughs> based here, so much of the engineering, all of that stuff. So you race in a bunch of different stuff, and you cherry pick yeah. the things. How do you go about choosing? Well, that's through my management and advisors, and, and now Sport Twenty One. So you have to be connected and it, it, without those connections or without someone knowing those connections, you're never going to get those invites to go racing in the U S or, or, or wherever. So Manfredi Rivetto, he's ex from F1, ex, ex by Collis, ex DTM, ex everything. Mm. He is an incredibly connected guy. And, you know, when a team needs someone, they call him. Yeah. They go, look, we need a silver, we need a bronze. We need, a, you know, we need a platinum driver or whatever. We need a fast guy here. Uh, and that's how it worked, basically. And that's how I've managed to do so many different type of racing. And I'm happy jumping in to different stuff, different stuff, which I enjoy that challenge personally. And, it, and to a degree, there's less pressure because I'm not going for a championship. Yeah. I think when you're in a championship, you're there to win, ultimately. Yeah, if you're going to do a full season, you've, you, you, you're there to win it. Point, you know, I'm there to win as well. Uh, but I enjoy the challenge of driving something new yeah. and, and jumping exactly. in one week. I'm in a, a fun cup VW thing. And the next week I'm in a GT three and the week after that, a super trofeo car. They're all completely different. You might as be say one's got one wheel and the other car's got helicopter yeah. wings on it. And they, <laughs> they, they, they got you know, a steering wheel, but that's about as this match. And I like that challenge. I like the, the fun part of it for me is getting into car. The difficulty is actually trying to remember where the buttons are. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there's lots of buttons in the car. I'm trying to remember which one it is. I've told a, tell a quick funny story in uh, Dubai this year. A good friend of ours now called Gorski, American guy. We're in a super trofeo Lambo in the Dubai 24 hours, and uh, he just got off the plane and got in the car and pressed the red button. Well, the red button has to be the fire extinguisher, not the, <laughs> not the push to talk or whatever. Yeah, it wasn't the push to talk. It wasn't the starter button. It was the fire extinguisher button, and... Uh, I've never seen a fire extinguisher you got a button go off. And believe me, they don't do much. <laughs> that kind of is quite worrying in some ways, but that was not how not to impress the team with, um, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it was, it was funny, <laughs> but. <laughs> so, right. So you're, you're like, okay, I want to go and get a good deal on something. And you've got the contacts. Like what, as an example, not necessarily specific like example, but let's say a weekend in, I don't know, how much can you save by finding a good deal in a car? Tens of thousands. So let, I, I can't, I can't remember, think of a number. Let's say a normal weekend, let's say for a car might cost GT3, I don't know, 20, 30, something like that. Well, it depends on the race, but a uh, 24-hour race is... There's way more, I guess. I mean, uh, about 250,000 for the whole car. Yeah. And that's, what, four drivers? Four or five drivers, yeah. Something yeah. in that region. Depends on the car. If it's the Ferrari, it's even more. McLaren's even more than that. Yeah, so you're sort of like 50, 60, 50, something. 50K is, and, and believe me, I never have that type of money. Yeah. All my sponsors never have that type of money. It's it's There's no way. And how it. low can you get that drive with the right, not being a pro driver? If you're a pro driver, I mean, very few of them get paid to do that sort of thing. Yeah, there's, there's only probably, you know, you, know, you pick a figure out the air, but maybe there's 200 pro drivers in the world. Yeah. 
you know, there's, there's probably more in the Vauxhall Conference League here isn't there, <laughs> that, that get paid. I mean, playing for Dagenham. Formula E. That's, <laughs> that is where the money is. <laughs> well, I, I know one of the, a couple of the Formula E guys. But yeah, that's funny. You know, talking about Dagenham FC, I mean, those guys probably get paid, what, yeah. five grand a week? That's more than most racing drivers yeah, ever yeah. get paid. It, it depends. You've got to be, you've got to have a level where you can drive at because you're never going to get a cheap drive anyway. And that's where we like our drivers to get to, that they're in demand. And okay, so you need to be a certain level of driver to, able to, to actually do it. Reliably yeah. put in lap times I mean, and not crash start. Ultimately, you know, if a team's absolute in desperation, they will go, okay, well, if you can pay for tires at least, okay. then, you know, we, you know we, we haven't got any other choice. You know, you know, it is a business. All these teams yeah. are businesses. They've got to try and break even and make a profit. Sometimes you'll get to a race where it's last minute, Right, we need a driver. We'll, we'll take any offers we can get. You can even see that at Le Mans in uh, Rota Le Mans sometimes where it's probably 50, 60K maybe for one drive, yeah. one seat in the car. You know, those, those can drop down to 10K in the, wow. in the last few days, but you've got, got to be ready. You've got to, get, you've, got to, you've got to be packed and ready to go. These are still crazy numbers. There's still tons and tons of money. Yeah. I mean, the, the objective is to drive for free. Yeah. That That is a as an AM driver where you want to be. That'd be the dream. Yeah. And that's occasionally where, where I get to be or, or or very, very, very low friendly rates. Ideal. That's what I want. That's where I'm at. And you also, I guess you have to be, uh, you have to have the ability to fit into a team and just arrive and just go and, and, and being known. And I guess I am known because I, I love the publicity. (laughs) All the free stuff I get sent on Instagram. Not. (laughs) (laughs) Why is that? Why do I get free stuff? I don't think many people get free stuff. Or it's not free. It's you'd it'd be better off to pay for it. <laughs> Actually, Dyson is supposed to be sending me a fan. So Dyson, where's my fan? You promised me a fan the other week. I don't know exactly how I'm going to promote a fan, but uh, um, yeah, look, having a some type of profile helps. Yeah. And you know, I guess I've worked worked quite hard on that. And you know, stick me in front of a camera, I can normally say something entertaining to someone. And yeah. That was so. Well, yeah, one of my questions was going to be about getting sponsorship or sponsorship and for racing. Now, I don't really. No, of course I do, but I kind of don't understand why anyone sponsors anyone to go racing if they are a normal person. Yeah. If you're a public figure and you have a massive social media following and all of those sorts of things, I sort of get it. But the money involved is so high that unless you, it's your company and you're sponsoring yourself or your mate and likewise i don't really get it but is presumably there is money out there I see, how I see, do you go about getting it how do you find the right people speaking from a personal experience raising your brand awareness on the international motorsports team is is, is priceless yeah it's really valuable it, it's got us lots of work lots of clients it puts you in front of people you know at le mans you know there was a guy from google there there was a guy <laughs> who just sold his company for a yeah, x x amount of yep. billions. Totally get it. You, you're in a position where you can. It's the best networking place in the world. Yeah, and having your brand on the side of a car, uh, which we do a lot of, is a really good thing for us. It, it brings in business. It increases people's awareness of what we do, and maybe we don't get a job out of it today, but we get a job out of it at some point in the mm. future, and, and that's what it's about. Sponsoring. I know what it's like sponsoring drivers. I've done a bit of it. We sponsor some junior carters. I, I think it's quite special. Yeah. I quite enjoy giving something back. And it's great watching your 
brand going around in a car, you know, not racing, watching it from the stands, you know, while having a nice glass of champagne is, is, is a pretty good yeah, thing. Cool. Whilst you entertain your, your new clients that you've just won. Mm. Yeah, I, I think it's a really, really good opportunity for any company to get involved. Much easier at uh, an international level when yeah. you're on TV and getting broadcasted worldwide rather than, again, go around Snetterton on a cold yeah. <laughs> Cold Saturday afternoon. Uh, yeah, exactly. Like the the afternoon at Cadwell yep. Park with a bunch of people that you know, not necessarily. It, it's much easier to go out for certain to if you're going to do British touring cars, yeah. and say and try and find you know 150 thousand or 200 thousand, whatever it costs these yeah. days, to go and because you're on ITV and yeah. you're on it all day long, and there are 20 thousand people that turn up to the race circuit, and you can bring that sponsor can bring people to to the circuit and entertain them, and hopefully you'll win. Yeah. Or hopefully it's good fun watching your, you know, your customers enjoying the, the yeah. scene. And it, and it is corporate entertainment. It's corporate hospitality. So why do people do it? Because they get a lot out of it ultimately. But it's very hard at club level to do that. Yeah, how it's do you reach possible. these people? Well, I, I think I had a few sponsors. I you just call up people when you try and black it, don't you? Yeah, yeah. I famously had pussy drinks as a sponsor <laughs> I uh, on my Porsche, much to everyone's amusement. Because, yeah, I called them up and said, hey, do you want to give me a... Some money. Some yeah. money and a few cans and they went, you're all right. <laughs> it's, uh, you've got to be a salesman and there's some great guys out that do it. I've got some great guys I know in uh, BTCC and they're out there working hard every day looking for sponsors yeah. and they do a really good job at it. And don't, and not, don't be knocked back. Just keep knocking on doors and keep asking people and trying to get people that are interested. Um, there's no doubt there's a lot of personal money in, in motorsport. You know, we've just seen Stracker Racing close their doors after a so many years of yeah. really successful racing because you know yeah, the owner decided he didn't want to race anymore. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, that whole team is you know was a winning championship team, and now they don't exist because the owners just decided you know there are better things to be doing with my money. With my lots and lots of money that I'm spending on this, lots and lots of money. It's all. It's all. I think you've got to look at it as an investment. I mean, either you are self-funded and very rich, and there's lots of guys out there doing that, and you know, great. And it's, it's, I've seen a couple of guys that I know are used to race with a couple of years ago and now they're, you know, on the Le Mans entry this year. I think mm, brilliant. That's cool. I mean, it's so cool. My God, that's great. And this, I, what I love about it is people don't begrudge it, especially on, on that level. You find a little, I think it's maybe a different attitude internationally as well. You know, you just, people, you know, just enjoy the motorsport and it's a they're lot much more, more chilled about it in other countries. Yeah. yeah. Here there's a real, like, not a great attitude around yeah, it's a funny, I people think, spending money. Yeah, I don't. Why is that? I don't know. I think yeah, again, it's you know, Barcelona in a couple of weeks' time. I was just looking at the you know Circuit de Catalunya website, and you know, free entry for everybody. Oh, wow. nice! And it's a big, a big event. It's yeah. you know, that's cool. And most races at that level, not Formula One and big stuff, yeah, obviously, much. are free because the circuit's already paid for, and the circuit doesn't need any more money. Yeah. And I thought I think that's one of the things wrong here in the UK. It should be free entry. It really should. It should be. I mean, why are they charging people ten pound to get in? To you know, it should just be free. Let people buy drinks and food at the circuit. Exactly. Cafe. It should be more open. I I think that model is not not great and isn't great for ongoing because British motor motor racing is slowly you know going down you know, in numbers and, and you want you want people to go to the circuit. You want people to go and watch these things. Yeah. And I think I, most people look at a, a lot of the race events that are on and go. I mean, I don't really want to spend 20 quid on that. Like, <laughs> okay, I, I will or whatever, but like, 
Yeah, exactly. They you should don't go. Pack I, a stand. I, I keep. I've been. I went on it for all the series I used to race in. Why aren't you just giving hundreds of tickets away to all the school kids? Just going, you know, and just surely it's just a really good thing, and people will get interested in motorsport at whatever level they want to do it, whether it's martial yeah. or a mechanic or an engineer or or you know a racing driver. We'll just get people interested, and I think that's like free tickets for under sixteens or yeah, whatever. I think kids do get them for free, but but okay, but fine. anyway, but they still should be able to. Yeah. They should be able to. Uh, just turn up and bring their family and friends because it's 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 great fun. Club racing is great to watch. You know, best racing sometimes is club racing. Mazarin at five racing. Oh yeah, or watching like you said the like the C one twenty four hour or those sorts of events where you've got one hundred and fifty cars yeah. banging around track. Like that is really entertaining to watch. Oh, yeah. Whereas watching like this is part of the reason why I'm not doing so much radical racing is sometimes the grids are like twenty cars and it's just like one car driving around. That's just, all you see. I had in the days when you used to have to, to get 10 signatures to get a national way, you had the opportunity to go and do a Martian day. Um, yeah, it's still like that. And it's so you can do it. So uh, I did a Martian day at Snetterton. This is my favorite track at the moment. And it was a radical endurance race. And I remember all the marshals in the, in the box had fallen asleep. Uh, we'd all <laughs> dozed off, which is not really what you want to hear, but my God, it was boring. <laughs> it was just, yeah, but radical. It's, it's the formula it is. I mean, multicast racing is always what's great because there's loads of stuff going on and that's what's good fun. And anything with this close racing, you can overtake. I mean, it's F- close racing. F1's boring. F1's boring. I don't, I don't watch it. I mean, I do, but it's, but actually testing is more interesting and actually what's going on the test day is more interesting generally what's going on in the race as well. But I mean, even, even, you know, top end GT racing can be a bit dull. Um, I like it because of the cars. Yeah. Like if I go to Spa 24 or something like that and occasionally I take photos of these sorts of events, I just love seeing these cars because they are the awesome stuff yeah. or, or the classic events. And you can relate to the car. And it, it looks like a car. a car you've seen on the road. Exactly. Like that's a GT3 Porsche. Yeah. That's the GT3 race car. Yeah. yeah. Or you go to the classic events and see these old, cool, old, just amazing old Le Mans cars still hooning around. Yeah. That's amazing. Like Group C cars. <laughs> that's... GT1 cars. Yes. GT1. <laughs> ooh, ooh. Mega. Mega. Do you get, um, do you still get excited about road cars? Yeah, I do. It's the problem with road cars are, they're road cars and you drive them on the road and to have fun, it's, you, well, you can't, you can't, you can't have fun in, in, a, in a road car in the UK. You take them to Germany, the autobahn, you're doing 330 kilometers an hour. Yeah, that's quite fun. I'm slightly jealous of some of my you know, friends who live in Germany or somewhere and their commute involves a little autobahn run. And they're like, no, I, I bought a fast car because I regularly, like every day, max it out on the autobahn. <laughs> Yeah, it's wild. I mean, it's bars, I mean, it's one of the good reasons to go to Deutschland because you've got an autobahn run there. I think the A one isn't it down there where you, yeah. But you know, I, I've maxed out mine at three hundred twenty, three hundred thirty, whatever it was. And I tell you what, those trucks come up fast. <laughs> yeah. uh, it's amazing how quickly the uh, a mile goes past when yeah. you're doing two hundred mile an hour. It's, it's, that's fast, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, wild, wild speeds. But yeah, you listen. You, you end of the day, you can't, you can't play around on the roads because no. there are people and cars coming towards you and trees and it's not safe I, like, I've, I had friends unfortunately die on the on you know not dry on the track mm. die on roads just making mistakes coming out of circuit and hitting a tree and yeah they've been all day racing and then something's gone wrong on the way home and then hit a tree and, and dead yeah it's horrific. don't don't round on the roads yeah that's it it's it's i find the more track driving i do and the more 
not not specifically racing. Racing gets a certain side of out of it, but like just being a loon on a track, sliding a car about or whatever, that gets all of that as bonus like out. <laughs> I think and then I'm so chilled when I'm on the road. I think that's that's why the noise flash is so amazing because actually those big tracks. The, I suppose the thrill isn't there because the wall isn't there. And they're, they're, okay, there's, there's something mad and nuttiness about that. Saying, oh, you want it more. But that's where the, the sense of the speed yeah. is coming. I mean, I'd love to race at Powell or, or, or Monaco or Macau. It must feel insane. I'd love to race that. And Nordish Life is a, is a bit like that. It's a lot safer than it ever used to be, but it's still a heavily dangerous place where the barriers and grass are. There's no runoff. Mm. There's no runoff anywhere on that track. There's no runoff. I've seen GT3 cars bounce off the walls and keep going, so it's, apparently it's okay. <laughs> uh, the, actually, the maddest thing about Nordisch Life VN in racing, excuse me, is that, um, yeah, you've got Coast 60 areas and you've got uh, 120 areas, but they also do live snatches. So you can be doing 250 kilometers an hour while there's a tow vehicle t- towing a car at 40 kilometers an hour. And yeah, that, that, that's the bit you just think is mad because it's not done on the yellow. You see, you some just see a white stuff. flag. And then occasionally like a guy just running across the track. Like, yeah, well, hopefully never that. But it's, yeah, it's, it's that. And thanks to Adam. Yeah, he recommended that place. I mean, I want to do more VLN this year at some point. I think that's probably the next like big sort of milestone type thing I would like to It, it made me a better a driver. VLN race. It made me a better driver, 100%. And step one, obviously, is get the license. Had you had you driven the track before you got your no. license? No, I just played it on project cars. Fair enough. <laughs> and of course, it's a you know it's a ten minute lap, so yeah. you can't do that many laps. Yeah, yeah. Before you go out there, I I don't even know how many laps I did. Um, I know Adam always tells the story that he used to play it on, um, you know, on something Atari, I guess, or something yeah. like that. Was it probably Adam's that he's old? And all he used to do is just play. Uh, and he knew the track backwards. And Adam's probably one of the, the greatest specialists there are. Yeah. He's, He's the man. Um, some records. He's got some great racing there. So that's the track where I want to go back into. That's the track that is the only track that excites me. And you can be there in any car and it's going to be exciting. Yeah. I would like to go and spend a week, just stay there, take something that I don't really care about <laughs> and just do some laps. Like just lap, 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 yeah. lap, 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 lap. Well, the best, the best thing to ever do and is you never up- use your own car on track. Always use someone else's. <laughs> Because okay, one one like one you know one mile on tracks are probably like fifty or hundred miles on the yeah, road. Yeah, 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 yeah. You you don't want to take a nice car on a track like it, that. It can go wrong quite quickly, and then and then people just pile into you. Actually, I shunted. I did. I did take my years ago. I think. I, oh, I'm really desperate. It was like mm. you know, oh, I want to go race. I want to go. I'll go. So I took my Hyundai Coupe to Snetterton. Snetterton, okay. Yeah. And then went off the wet and put it into off in Corum <sighs> and. and oh, <laughs> you look like a complete, it happens yeah and you see it you see it all the time it's really easy to make a mistake <laughs> <laughs> right so normally so towards the end of these podcasts i have five questions that i ask every guest so are you ready yeah that um rash will clear up with a good dose of <laughs> is that not the question that's no that's that was one but was not, not this one so first first question do you have a most memorable driving trip or journey, or you could even, you could probably add racing because you do a lot of racing. I, I, there's been several. I'll, I'll go back to VLN, second VLN race I did, racing with JP Oliveira, one of the greatest drivers in the world, and then getting the car and in the most horrendous conditions, not being able to see the windscreen, let alone the bonnet, <laughs> uh, and coming at the end of the race and uh, the German engineer going, okay, jacket flag, 
P3. Sick. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, P3. I was punching this, punching the, the, you know, the wheel. I was like, couldn't believe it. That's, that's one of my, my happiest memories in the car, I guess. I mean, racing at Le Mans was incredible. Um, I've had some great quality laps. Mm. I mentioned Portimao and the Sayer, you know, and, and went, I'm going to crash this car. If, if I'm going to, I'm going to go past the limit and you actually don't crash. It's just yeah. knowing that that is, that is the best I'm ever going to get on that one single lap. It's difficult to remember them all. I mean, VLN is special. And just actually in Cota last year in the night, uh, in a 991 car, just doing really consistent times and being quicker than anybody else on the track. And you get out of the car and the engineer goes, Oh, good job. Good job. You know, very good job. And you go, wow, that's really good from a German guy. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah. Nice. All right, next question. Five-car garage, unlimited value. Oh, wow, that's it has to, difficult. It has to fit into your life. It, it, is, it is a difficult question, especially if you've not thought about it at all. Uh, recently. Not really, but... I can give you some... Nine, well, it's 918 Spider. Right. McLaren P1, 930 Turbo, Porsche. Nice. Some sort of daily? Well, the Cayman, I think the Cayman yeah. is a really great car. Porsche Cayman. There's a lot of Porsches here, aren't there? Yeah, but they What's my cars. fifth? What's my fifth car? You could have a race car or a track car or something like that. Or you could have like a sort of classic. Or 930 is a bit kind of classic. Yeah, they're very classic. What would you have as your... F- Isn't that enough? Can I have four? Yeah, it was five. Five. You get one more. Is your like uber crazy pinnacle? I mean, okay, a couple of those well, I guess you expensive. had like a, like a Koenigsegg zigzag when you yeah. that. Something, yeah, something, like, something or other. That would be just, just something mental, bonkers. But actually, no, I'll tell you what, I'd go uh, Carrera GT. Yes. So I'd just have 930 Turbo, Carrera GT, <laughs> 918 Spider, uh, P1. Yeah, you'd take a lot of boxes right there. There's a lot of Porsches there, aren't there? Yeah, but I love Porsches. I love Porsches. Yeah. Which is good. And the Cayman. And the Cayman. There you go. There you go. Complete garage. Okay. If you can only drive one car for the rest of your life, you're allowed a 500-pound bang on the side if you have to family around or something cars i've driven no 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 just one car one car rest of your life it'd be boring boring if i said the porsche came in again because it's such an all-round car and going back to actually you know having fun on the road and you know you don't want to get into something that's mega fast and yeah. mega comfortable like a mclaren 720 which have you got came in s just a manual which generation it's a 2016 car manual makes a good noise so six cylinder yeah. Makes you know it, it's just good fun to drive. If you're in a McLaren 720 or a Porsche GT3 Gen 2, you, you've got to be doing you can't put your foot hundreds down of captains to actually get to the, where it feels fun. Yeah. So you know you you know yeah, the came is a great all rounder. Mm. They haven't paid me to say that. I had the same generation a bit earlier, Boxster. Yeah, yeah, and I loved it. Yeah, it's just good fun. You, you can only go fast so fast. It is great. Put your foot down on an unlimited road and do yeah. mega lept, uh, Clapton miles an hour or whatever. But um, yeah, I, I really, really love the Porsche. Came and I, sh- I should have bought it earlier. Mm. Uh, but before that, I had a, a really nice VW Scirocco that was a lot of fun. Mm. And I had a Mini before that and used to bang around and hammer that. Yeah, if you yeah. ever, if there's an L54, you <laughs> drive, don't buy it. That used to be mine. <laughs> That's one of the things about having somewhat of a social media following and things like that is people, I get messages every now and then that people have bought my old cars. Oh dear. They're like, oh, I've got your whatever, RS3 or something. I'm like, oh, cool. Like, that's cool. <laughs> or I had, I've, I, my daily at the moment is an S4. Yeah. A van. 
and someone sent me a message and was like, this is the day I collected that car. <laughs> really? And I was like, oh, wow. Like, he's like, this is it on the drive and blah, blah, blah. And I, I've, it's like three years old or whatever. And I'm like, oh, that's kind of cool. Like, I, I like having this. Yeah, no one's ever done that for me. Part of the story. I always change my number every time I sell my car. <laughs> <laughs> actually, I should have. Actually, no one the fun cars. Can I go back to that original? I quite like a Corvette. I used to have a Corvette. Okay, yeah. They were quite fun. Maybe that's my bang on my, my, you know, just on the fire. That was always good fun in the car. Good times. Right. What do you think is the most undervalued car at the moment? Do you see something go, that looks really cheap? Or... Well, I, I want to say the Cayman again because <laughs> I am absolutely just blown away. What a great it. car it's! Two, you know, I've had it for two years. It's just a great car. I mean, like every McLaren out there at the moment is probably the best car you ever ever can drive, and losing money hand over fist. Well, I saw a seven twenty S this week for mm-hmm. 100, 130. Yeah, well, that actually you can get that probably for one hundred twenty five. Yeah, Wait, like what? It's just I bonkers, mean, isn't McLaren it? are giving such huge deals away. Like fifty grand off a new car. Yeah, I mean, 20, crazy lease deals, all these things. Yeah, just to you know shift. But they are an incredible car. That you'll never drive a better car than a five forty or five century or seven twenty. They are the best cars in the world. I mean, surgically precise. Yeah, incredible acceleration. I f- uh, um, and actually, the five forty is the best of the lot. I feel like the lower down ones get unfairly sort of like abused because the ones above exist when in their own right they are very good and they are also they're very fast as well the fi- the 540 is the best car of the range it really is why specifically the 540 uh, over a 570 because it's, got, it, it's because it's got a bit less air on it it's a yeah. bit cheaper in the first place you can chew them to have mm. more same horsepower same yeah. ho- more horsepower you can tune them up to the 680 brake that's a fun car to drive uh, in the wet, especially. Yeah, I imagine that is a bit. Uh, in the dry, it's a fun car to drive. Yeah, I, I think personally, I think that's probably the most undervalued car yeah. in the range. But please, they can keep going down, so I can afford. Well, that's it. That's it. I'm. That. I'm so, it's the sort of problem with. I think the whole market at the moment is taking a real. Well, just. I mean, Porsche are giving away everything. massive deals as well at the moment. You know, the, especially on the Taycan, I've seen some pretty interesting deals to you know, get you into one of them. Uh, look, we're we're living in yeah. crazy times at the moment, and the supercar market is definitely flat yeah for sure the the early cars you you want to be buying you know as always are the right ferrari in any pretty much any porsche <laughs> yeah <laughs> they're just but, the but right it, the right cars that are good cars right in time. their own right yeah. yeah but then again you look at the you know the uh the gt4 porsche you know those were crazy money they were and, and now you know they, they had they had a peak i don't know how and they made a ton they made a ton more cars yeah so the demand was filled yeah and you can go into a dealership now and buy a GT4. Still a very good car. Amazing car. And I'd like, love a GT4. Like, sound great, go quick. Sounds great, drive great, all, all of the above. Yeah, definitely. Right, last question. What's the most interesting car to you at the moment? Oh, gosh. Could be road car, race car, anything. I mean, I've, I've got guy. we're just about to go to Barcelona for the um, go to test for a McLaren GT3, which looks phenomenal. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'd love to drive something like, you know, an NB2 car as a possibility. Yeah. I might be racing that. Those kind of things, because actually a McLaren G3 is still going to be a car. Yeah. And when you get into LMP cars, they're not different, cars. Different they're of fish. aeroplanes that fly on the ground. Uh, and, and literally that's what they do. The aerodynamics are there to hold you on the ground. That That's the stuff that excites me because the, the Gs you pull single-seaters and, 
you know, racing with guys who have raced FE and yeah. GP2, and it's that that's you kind of say it's real racing. It's different level. It's different level from any any road car, any GT3 yeah. car, anything you can ever drive. So, I mean, some I'd love to drive MP2 because that's probably you know where uh, I I might end up at some point. The current LMP2 cars are unbelievably fast. They're like as fast as two year ago LMP1. Yeah, probably not far off it. Certainly faster than some of the slower MP1 yeah. cars. I mean, I don't, I don't know what times they're going to be doing around Barcelona this year, but in the new NMP3 car, which I only tested a few weeks ago, yeah. you know, they're doing a 138 now, which is... I've literally no idea what 138. So, look, an F1 car, you know, in the race will probably do a 121, 122. Yeah, what's GT3? Uh, GT3 is doing a 150... Something. 148, maybe 150. Yeah. Something in that region. Yeah, and you're and going... Someone to, in there, 720S. <laughs> Well, that, but that's that's funny thing when you look at Chris Harris go around Portimao yeah. in, in a in a seven twenty or whatever he's done it, and yeah. you just done he's done a one fifty five. Well, I do that in a Sayat TCR <laughs> car, and you do. Yeah, I mean that's the, always the funny. It makes me laugh. You go, yeah, that's a Sayat TCR, you know, a car you can. It's buy. funny that, isn't it? You can buy well, tires it's, though. Tires. It's all about tires, tires and suspension setup and, yeah. and weight. Of course, you know these. I was having a discussion with someone today. About the new seven six five LT and yeah, oh, they're taking fifty kilos out of it. When Still, it makes you, you, you. It's actually in comparison to other cars of that ilk, it is quite light. Yeah, it's light in the first place. Yeah, same fifty, you wouldn't even feel it. I mean, actually, they take most of the weight comes out of the wheels anyway. They just put a lighter wheel on, and that. And all of the weight, and that actually, all of this on that car specifically <coughs> are optionable things. Yeah. It's not the base car is well, no, sixty I, I, kilos lighter. I saw, so. it, I saw it was no AC with twenty kilos. Yeah, why have you yeah. ever been in a car on a hot day? <laughs> and even the McLaren AC doesn't work particularly well. <laughs> yeah. To have no AC at all would be mad. And then you can spec the yeah. It's like the seats, the lightweight seats, lightweight wheels, lightweight discs. Yeah, like all of these things that are pricey, pricey options. You know, I did take AC out of my very old nine three zero, which is when I mentioned it. That was a mistake. Has to be said. That is, I've literally just had ac installed in my old 911 because uh. i did i can't remember where i was i was driving somewhere it was it was it was like <laughs> summer here and it was like 30 degrees and i was like this would just be much nicer with ac i'll yeah, take the exactly. 10 kilos extra or whatever yeah, please, all day, yeah. a bit more comfortable i mean you, you know, unfortunately in race cars you don't get ac so you're doing some though don't you? yeah g3 but it makes very little difference i mean that's you know like cool suits and air into your helmet and stuff like that most of the cars don't have that, especially endurance. Just takes longer, and the teams don't want to spend the extra yeah. time going in and out. But yeah, we reached temperatures sixty centigrade. But sixty centigrade. That's pretty hot. Yeah, two hours, two hours, sixty C, with no water, which happened again in Barcelona last year. Oh. I was well, I was on the floor. I mean, dragged out the car. <laughs> do you try and sort of do a bit of fitness and stuff before? Yeah, you have to get the season because it must, that must make a huge difference to. I mean, I'm not brain capacity. Again, it's time balance. Yeah. Like most, you know, and drivers that you've got to balance with what you're doing during the day. I can't spend three hours in the gym yeah. every day. I don't want to spend three hours in the gym in the day, even if I could. But yeah, I cycle and, and run. And one of the key things is actually trying to get heat acclimatized. And, okay, yeah. You know, but that's pretty difficult to do. So just put your helmet on and then. Yeah, I mean, sit, to be honest, sitting <laughs> in a sauna, if you've it. got access to a sauna, apparently yeah. it gets you to that level. But it's, it's, that's, the part of it, I guess, I really like pushing yourself to that level, and yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty 
pretty well known for being dragged out of cars. <laughs> <laughs> to be quite, it's not the first time that happened. <laughs> it's like even on the stuff I've done, like the endurance thing is where it's you know it's wet, you're really tired, but you're just your brain is firing like unbelievably, and then you get out of the car, and then you're still going for like five minutes, and then then just yeah, you're just out. <laughs> it's i've been i think i've only happened once and it was when there was no water in the car and it was just it was you know 35 centigrade outside and the car's just getting hotter and hotter and it's dangerous i actually couldn't i had to coast through the corners because i couldn't didn't physically have the energy the team's going just uh, 10 more laps i'm going guys you don't understand i'm (laughs) i i I, 10 more laps i'm gonna be i'm gonna gonna pull over and there's gonna be a puddle of me in the floor on the uh, in the footwell of the car, but yeah, it's, it's, it's just pushing yourself. It's a challenge. We, you know, we can't run around the woods chasing wild boar anymore. And this is about the closest thing to it you can get. Yeah. It's good. It's good. Good fun. Well, thanks very much for coming on the podcast. It's been good. It's been nice to meet you. Yeah. Pleasure being here. Cheers. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from everything iconic, ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget. Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.